not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Final episode of The View from the Ninian before the international break is here. And I think I can speak for all of us when I say thank fuck for that. It's been a long season. We're not even halfway through yet. And we've still got a month's break to go. But um, I think we're all ready for it. As as usual, I'm joined by Ben Price, Tom Phillips. Ben, are you ready for a break? Massively. Properly, properly just done and just, yeah, can't wait. Tom Phillips, I know you're ready for a break because you're going to Qatar. Yeah, so yeah, football never stops. But no, it is. I think it, it's welcome break for for the club for us. Good service people station, welcome break. Yeah, people don't have to listen to us for a few weeks as well, which would probably be nice for them because it's been a little bit droney. <laughs> but no, it, I think I think it's much needed. It has been a little bit droney. Um, we're going to talk about the Sheffield United game because obviously we have to. It happened yesterday, and it would be remiss of us not to talk about it. But Ben. I, I tweeted about this. It feels very much like Groundhog Day, doesn't it? We, it's it's the same thing has happened. We started well. We had a good first half. We lost the game. Yeah, it shows how frustrating Cardiff City have come, uh, have become that a World Cup that's full of huge, huge human rights issues and everything that's going along with that suddenly seems more appealing than dealing with Cardiff City. Cardiff City are official, uh, in our minds at the moment are worse than the Qatar regime. <laughs> it's just feeling like that. It's just just the same shit isn't it it's just the same stuff over and over i mean repeat any podcast in the last five weeks and that's yeah. what you'll get i wouldn't recommend it yeah it's not it's not it doesn't make for great listening but um <laughs> and so that's I, the I, Tom, sponsors are listening. yeah then it's great listening we get millions of listeners each week um tom i looked at the stats i looked back at them um 50-50 possession, we beat them on two two passes um so it was 331 completed passes to 229 um, we were pretty equal on shots, but the difference was that they could score a goal and we can't. It's just becoming like a an ever an ever present thing that we can't put the ball in the net. Yeah, it's a little bit frustrating. I think because just looking at the game, there's plenty of positives. I thought we played yeah. well against a good side. I think they were probably there for the taking because they've got a bit of an injury crisis at the moment as well. Um, but yeah, it's just we ju- we just don't take our chances. You know, Robinson should have scored with that header. Mark Harris. Once again, he's just not clinical, is he? He's a would be in player. the Premier League. Would be in the Premier World League. Cup, World Cup, he's scoring that. Exactly. But no, I think there's plenty of positives there, but it's a missed opportunity. You know, it's a game at home against, you know, one of the stronger teams when they're a little bit depleted. Before going, you know, it would have been a nice little momentum gainer just before having a, a bit of a break. But yeah, like you said, same old story. And I think, again, a mistake has cost us. I think a lot of these games have been, we haven't taken our chances. And then we and then we make a mistake and it catches us out. But you know, it wasn't a bad performance. I think the most frustrating bit is that once we went one 0 down, we weren't really at it. I think we had our patch in the first half, but there wasn't really a response from us after we went one 0 down. And I think that's the bit that you know grinds more than anything. Ben, is it almost like more frustrating that, like you said, like like Tom said there, like you said um, in the group chat, like. It was a good first half. There were signs of improvement there, but then it is those mistakes that that cost us. Like under McCarthy, we lost games because we were shit, and you kind of go, "Well, we were shit. Of course, we deserve to lose that." But we seem to be on the verge of putting in a good performance, and then it all crumbles still. And that feels somewhat more frustrating to me. Yeah, I tweeted on the View from the Indian account that it was arguably the best first half performance since Burrow under Morrison. 
it was really, really good. We were knocking the ball about well, creating a lot. And to not react from such a, like a horrendous mistake as well. Like the Unkonku just with the thumb up his ass, just not reacting to anything, just stood with the ball thinking. I, I don't actually know what he was thinking to concede the goal, to let the ball just go well, and just not do anything. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that bad a mistake. I think because no. he wins the ball back and then he just pauses almost momentarily, and Baldock was just quicker to it. Like I've written "fuck off" and "conku" on the schedule here, and I, I, I've realized that. Like I just don't think it was what I think it's bad, but I just don't think it's as bad as as, as some people are making out. I think he's a tired unlucky. I think he wins the ball back, and it is that split second. And I think I think all sops have got a little bit more to answer to. They were letting the near post be beaten at that angle from that. It was not like it was a like flat out thunderbash to the strike. He reads it well, but yeah, he Old hits Sop it quite. It's, it's, it's not like it's even that close to the post. He hits it relatively down, centrally down throat, to straight, yeah. and, and also is almost like trying to anticipate the cross, which is probably what Card- a Cardiff City player would have done. They would have tried to cross it at that point because they got no confidence. But Baldock just hits it relatively true, and it goes in. Yeah, I, I just, I, I'm not convinced by also. I think I've said it before. I, I don't want to be too negative today because I thought it was a good performance, but I, I'm I'm yet. I don't think there's been a performance this year from Allsop where like he's won us a game or anything like that. I don't think he's done anything outstanding. I think um, Ben, you said it in like Ben Price, you said it that he does the hard stuff well and some of the basic stuff poorly, and I think that's right. I think he's done a lot for us this season in terms of setting tempo. You know, he's got us up the field quickly. I like that confidence that he has. But I think his goalkeeping lets him down. I just don't think he's actually that good a shot stopper. And I think I think that might come and bite us a little bit if it carries on. Because I, I looked at the stats earlier in the week. He's bang average for the championship as well in terms of saves made. Like, in the past when we've had, like, Di Marshall and we, we've had Edridge, they've won us games. And yeah. I just can't see him doing that for us this season, which... You know, hopefully it isn't too costly, but I just don't think he's been that fantastic. Ben, to to not make this a completely depressing pod and talk about Sheffield United game, what were the positives that you saw from yesterday's game? I thought Tom Sang looked good. Um, did really well in that advanced role in the field. Looked very comfortable there. Looks like he definitely should be playing more championship football. Um, yeah, we created lots, and that's encouraging. Like we're creating it. We just need people with a bit of confidence. Like the only person that had confidence was Callum Robinson. He just decided to make things as difficult as possible for himself and try to have a goal of the season competition with himself. The easy stuff he made difficult, and then the sort of slightly difficult stuff he went for the outrageous, and that was a bit frustrating. But I'm not going to criticize someone like at least he was trying. It's stuff like Mark Harris not sticking it away with an open goal. I know it's not as easy chance as it sort of you sort of think. Positives, positives. Yeah. It's hard to be positive about this. We created lots. That is a positive. Romeo looked good. Uh, Kiprian NG are just so much better. It's appearing center center defense. Tom Sang had um, a lovely wrestle with one of their players off the kickoff. That was good. Yeah, always good at that. <laughs> lovely wrestle. Um, Tom, positive that McBurney didn't score. That was literally what I was about to say. Positive <laughs> to see his face. Um, I, I thought we played well. I think Wintle coming back in was huge for us as well. Um, I think we're we're playing some decent stuff at times. I think there's a lot to be looked at there in in a positive light. Obviously, not scoring goals is a bad habit to have. But I'm hoping now, you know, Robinson did join us late as well. 
you know, um, we'll have a few weeks off and I'm hoping they do a bit of training and stuff and there's a bit more gelling to do with some of the players there. But I, I think we look all right. Um, I'm, I'm sure that we'll get ourselves out of trouble because there's, there's teams who are worse than us in this division. And we have been quite negative the last few weeks, but I think there's some signs of, you know, improvement there. And I, I think it will start to click in a, in a month or so's time. There are teams better that are worse than us if we play like we do in the first half. Mm. If we play like we did in the second half, we're in dire, dire trouble because Sheffield United changed shape and bought a cup. they sort of made the changes, sort of made them a lot more dangerous. The midfield changed, they got a lot more energy to it. And we just didn't know how to react from that. And from it, from the from the off in the second half, we were under pressure constantly. We didn't really do a lot in the second half to even look like that looked like anything we did in the first half of creating chances. So yeah, the first half, take everything good from there and try to ignore what happened in the second half, I think is the way to go with this. Because yeah, the second half was as bad as the first half was good. I look at the table now, and I guess if you look at the teams below us, you've got Huddersfield, Blackpool, Wigan, West Brom, and Hull. I can see West Brom and Hull potentially kind of escaping from that. I can see Huddersfield, basically, I think Huddersfield are probably relegated. They don't leave Wigan and Blackpool. There are teams above us I could see dropping, like Rotherham, Bristol City, Stoke could continue to drop. So I think it's still to play for. It's just out, the biggest concern for me is still that we're the lowest scorers in the league. I think we've scored That's 17 issue, goals. And the, the, the eight, in Bristol in 18th, have scored 27. Hull in 20th have scored 25. We're at least eight goals down on our nearest rivals. Um, and I think like ultimately that's what it's going to come down to for me. And I think I think we still got I think we've got enough quality to escape and stay out the drop drop zone. But if we don't start scoring goals soon, because you know goals win games, as the old cliche goes, and I think that could still be our problem. You know, even if we don't concede goals than us, and um, they haven't. They yes, yeah. now scored more than us, and they didn't score for us six years. That's a good point. Yeah, that's just the thing that concerns me the most. That and yeah. I think you know, I think West Brom are the only session. team below us who will definitely be above us. I think West Brom are the only team will definitely be above us. But like Hull with their new manager and all that kind of stuff, they could rally. That's all I'm yeah. thinking of. You know, they've got that new manager momentum. Wigan could put in a new manager that could give them new manager momentum. Black Blackpool, I don't know what's happening with Appleton. If they sack Appleton and bring Critchley back, for example, they could rally. Like there are so many potential possibilities below us. And I think where we've kind of made a mistake now is that when we got Hudson in, he had a couple of really good performances. And now we've got, what, seven out of nine we've lost or something like that, um, or haven't won seven out of nine under Hudson. We don't we don't get a new manager bounce when we appoint him now. We just get the same thing that carries on. New manager bounce is a myth anyway. It probably like, is. But, like, you you, you, you get you, you get a refresh. That's what, you know, change is as good yeah. as a rest. That's what, you know, Hull have done that. West Brom have done that. And I, I know West Brom haven't exactly... Um, pulled it around just yet. Wigan could do that. Blackpool could do that. That's that's just the thing that worries me. I think West Brom have their three three wins on the bounce now. They're looking a lot better. They'll start pulling the table. Yeah. Um, so I don't get relegated. No, come on. Positive. <laughs> it's it's a real danger. Now. Yeah, it is. It is. I know it's danger. really close and you've got like it's it's very actually to say after the last week we were talking about how like three wins you can go up the table, but it's not looking like we're going to get those three wins on the bounce anytime soon. That's the worry, isn't it? That's when you start fearing that, um, yeah, you're going down one way because it's a panic at the moment. Um, it could be worse. Could be Bristol, Bristol City. They've not won in, I think, seven games. Still above us, though. Only just. Um, 
Well, if we want a bit of positivity, let's delve into the Twitter questions. I brought them up the agenda this week. Uh, James Roberts, think I just want to moan about how shit the food is down the CCS. There it is. There's that positivity and how expensive it is. Four quid for a pie, seven quid for a plastic hot dog, when in Costco they're about 4p. Anyway, what's your favourite Christmas film? Because it's Christmas now and Wales is going to win the World Cup. Ben, favourite Christmas film? Elf. Elf. Tom? Jingle All Away. I'm a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation man, so... Different films for different needs. Um, good. That was easy. Um, James Brooke, Wales World Cup Adventure Podcast, brought to you by VFTN during the league winter break. Tom, do you want to be our roving, intrepid reporter? Yeah. I'll dial in. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm going to go on a mission to have a photo with a fan from every nation in the World Cup as well. So I, I'm going to – I'll keep you posted on how that goes. Um, I mean, don't say you're a journalist because journalists in Qatar don't. I won't be doing that. Yeah, I won't. Don't worry. Um, I guess you could also get a photo taken with any of the Qatarians that the Qatar government have paid to act as fans for the other countries as well. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be quite a good one. Yeah, or get get a photo with the official fan groups as paid for by Qatar. Um, The England fan group, the the England band, the Welsh fan group. Yeah, I'm also, I might be going on an American YouTuber's uh, channel as well, just to speak about Wales, so keep an eye out for that. That could be really cringy. (laughs) <laughs> can, you start, can you please start when you go in there like the first thing you say is hey guys <laughs> no, please, please, I think please like and subscribe <laughs> uh, John T M Williams you guys have been spot on with my thoughts as to our performances however I'd like your take on home performances over the last couple of seasons um, Ben it feels like to me that you know we always kind of painted the CCS as a bit of a fortress but over the last few years our home form has been incredibly patchy hasn't it yeah i think it started harris's second season and neil harris's second season sort of yeah. from then on it's really crumbled before it was a really difficult place to go and i think our record at home when we first from when we first moved into the ccs up until the second run was outstanding to be honest um yeah there was the odd sort of battering but for the most part it was a really really strong thing for us and now that's gone you can see where we've ended up because Away has always been a bit of an issue at times for Cardiff, but um, yeah, the CCS is not the fortress it once was inside or outside, to be honest, because it's looking very run down in parts as well. Yeah, Tom, it, it felt like last season, um, the start of the season, you know, we, we went to Blackpool and, and won away and then we, we seemed to really struggle at home. I, is it is it that lack of atmosphere? Is it that there's, you know, when we had fuller crowds, there was the weight of expectation on the players' shoulders? I don't really know what to put it down to, but it just doesn't seem the same place as it was. I think, like, as soon as you start to lose that momentum and you lose that tag, it's hard to get it back. I think at the start of this season, our home record was pretty good. It's just, it's really yeah. dipped in the last month or two. You know, we, we weren't conceding goals at home. Um, we were winning the odd game 1-0 here and there, even when we weren't well, scoring. Well, Birmingham-Norwich, example, the first yeah. two home games, weren't they? Exactly that. And so I think it's just, we've been very poor over the last month or two. Um, and I'm, I'm sure we'll be harder to beat at home as the season goes on. But I think there is stuff we need to do off the pitch around the ground and, and you know, get that feel-good factor back. Because, you know, it's no coincidence that, you know, we are we are better on the pitch when there's a better feeling in the crowd. So, you know, and I, hopefully we're, we're re-galvanised uh, after the the World Cup as a fan base, and you know we get behind the team a little bit more. 
Uh, Terry Hansen, we've got two from him. The negativity is understandable, but also there could be positivity. Last games, we've shown glimpses and with big players in January transfer, we could be good. Our club is better than most and shouldn't implode from the inside. He also says, you guys do a great podcast, but when McCarthy was appointed, you were very critical of the club for making that decision after a few results. With Hudson, you were critical that they didn't give him the job. My point is, I get the feeling that the club can't win. Tom, you said you had an answer to this. I, I get what he's saying, but I think our issue wasn't about him not being given the job. I think it was the communication around it. I think we just wanted to know what was happening. We weren't asking for rash decisions or anything like that. We just wanted to be in the know. And I think we were discussing earlier on before we were recording, you know, even now Hudson's, you know, being appointed, but there's still pretty much silence around how long the deal's for. There's not really been an official announcement. So I think it's, I, to me, it's more about the communication channels than the actual decision-making itself. I'd also say that, like, I, football's an emotive sport, right? And I think we kind of almost... Uh, football is, football opinions are inherently hypocritical. Like, we did, I don't like Mick McCarthy because I think the guy's a dick. I like Mark Hudson because he was a club legend. Mick McCarthy, we could kind of all see where the path was going. So we were critical when they gave him the job so quickly because we were kind of like, well, we don't want him. But two, we also want to see the kind of follow through on the uh, the Neil Harris experiment where we were trying to change the way we played football. With Hudson, I, I you know, there were a couple of good results. We probably were a little bit swayed. And we're like, if they're going to give him the job, then then do it, do it properly and communicate with the club. But like, for me, it's just... I don't like certain managers because I don't like them, so I don't want them at the club. I like certain managers, so I'm going to be more kind to them. And I think that's effectively what it boils down to. Like for me, there's 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 inherent biases in football, and that's probably one of them. Mike Hancock, uh, I'll come for you on this one, Ben. With six defeats in the last eight, which is the best Christmas sandwich? <laughs> it's a good, good, strong question. Um, I haven't had one yet this year, so I can't answer it. I was going to say saying, but I was looking. At, uh, I was in Tesco on Friday. And they look like they've got a cracking Christmas wrap that I'm really fancying giving a go. Mm. So yeah, I think I'll go. I'm I'm gonna give it to Tesco until I try that. Greg's last Tom? year was very disappointing, so that rules them out. But the festive bake is top tier. Festive bake is top tier. That that's a, that's a given. Tom, have you got any views on a Christmas sandwich? Yeah, I think M and S have really upped their game this year. The they pigs under have, blankets one's good. They've got like tiers. They've got like your standard sandwiches, then they've got a little bit more gourmet ones, and they've teamed up with Shelter as well as well to give money to charity. So, I think they they've covered a lot of bases with their their sandwich selection this year. So I'm excited by them. One to watch out for. You fancy yeah. London types with your M and S sandwiches? Oh yeah, I am a little bit posh in my supermarkets now. M and S is though. It's like. If you're getting the train anywhere, that's the go-to at the train yeah. station. And that's when you're like you sandwiches, in, isn't it? Yeah, you spend like trains. 13 quid on a pack of peanuts, a meal deal, and a couple of cans. <laughs> if, I, if I'm in M&S, there's not a chance I'm not buying Percy Pigs. Exactly. And they're usually two for three quid. Yeah. So you end up buying two bags. It's all the stuff by the till that gets me. Uh, Callum Bowen, talk about who will replace Hudson when he is sacked in January. Really worried about relegation. Um I feel like no matter what happens, Hudson's here for the season. Um, Milo Bess should be a celebration pod that we haven't got Cardiff City to worry about for a month. Woohoo! Owen Davis, is anyone else as pissed off as me? The fact that Hudson persists in putting Colwell out wide. Um, it's a weird one, isn't it, Tom? Like, Colwell is obviously best through the middle, yet no manager who manages him seems to understand where to play him. Yeah, it's definitely a frustrating one. Like, it feels like we all can see it. I'm, like, plenty of people have been saying it. Yeah. And it just like just play him where he's best. Like he can have an impact there. He's such a good player and we're lacking creativity at the moment. So don't waste him out wide. Just play him through the middle. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Rob Page is listening. 
Um, Sam Hill always seems to lose by the one goal, not a million miles away from these teams up there, and they're not playing us off the park, but mistakes are costing us and not converting our chances. Huds need some good backing in Jan to steer us away from the bottom. The common bluebird, do our attackers have a crisis of confidence? They always look for the extra touch or someone to lay it off to. Is what we need to start scoring, not another striker, but the sports psychologist. What's the best boo to improve Ojo's finishing? Um, what would you boo at Ojo to improve his finishing, Ben? Fucking Booman, I think. Just keep the classic in it. Fucking shoot, fucking Shootman is probably the best. He did yesterday and it was a fucking shocker, wasn't it? It was horrendous, yeah. He, um, <laughs> yeah. I think he, got it, he got it wider than I thought he could from that it angle. It was impressively shit how bad that was, to be honest. Because it wasn't like it was straight. He sort of just caught it poorly and it went straight in front of him. He aimed to shoot it one way. Like He went for the angle across him and managed to get it the other way. It I can only assume it came off his heel. Yeah, but it was just shit. Um, uh, he's not better in a 10 either. That really, really confused me why he was playing in the 10 and Cole was out wide. Yeah, yeah. switch him over, mate. Come on. Come on, Huds. Leon Millard, rather than the likes of playing Soyuz or Ojo, why can't we gamble on a few youngsters who will actually run for the team and put and create some energy? The fans need something to cheer. We accept mistakes players make, but not putting in the shift is inexcusable. Uh, Ken Lee, why did Morrison get sacked? Why have they given Hudson a contract? Why is the beer and food so crap and expensive? Where have all the fans gone? Etc. etc. Well, quite. There's um a lot of shit around this club, isn't there, Tom? Yeah, when it's put like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael Scalab Ho, Rooney being the stands in versus, versus Hull. Discuss. Tell me it's not happening. Well, I think Hudson getting a contract probably means it's not happening. Um, but I kind of part of me, Ben, wouldn't mind Rooney as manager. Why? I'm I am properly traumatized by former Man United strikers becoming in as our manager. To be honest, like the thought of it, just like Ruud van Nistelrooy could do amazing with PSV, like win them the Champions League, then come to Cardiff, and I'd still be fearful of what was going to happen. I think I think Rudy, I think Rudy will be quite a good manager in the future. I don't think he's going to be spectacular, but I think he's going to be very solid. Um, so I, I'd like him as manager. Uh, Ronnie Morgan, when is the correct time to press the panic button? Probably last week, wasn't it, Tom? No, no, no panicking. We're, we're looking <laughs> all right. We just can't score. You know, positivity. We're fine. No panicking just yet. Uh, Ellis Hearn, even though it's not going to happen, the club should use the first one to two weeks looking for an actual manager with an actual footballing philosophy on how he wants us to play. And then the next two weeks, drilling that style into the players. It's the only way we move forward. Um, Gareth Jones, Mark Hudson's inability to react to an opposing manager's change of formation and tactics is very worrying. Uh, ben, J- this is a, a snap judgment question from Jamie Jackson. Jack Jackson, Jamie Jackson. Which players can we offload in January? None. <laughs> We've still not got the squad depth to really move anyone on. So you wouldn't get rid of anyone. I there's I'd get rid of Unconku to start, but we I don't think we're able to. <sighs> um, Yayan, which players would you sign in January to tran- uh, January to improve the squad? Thoughts on Gary O'Neill as new manager? Looks like he's on his way out of Bournemouth with Bielsa taking over. He's managed to steady the ship for Bournemouth in the Premier League. Tom, it would be nice to have Gary O'Neill as manager, wouldn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. But look, we've got Hudson now. I think it's. I think we need to stop t- talking about other managers and start to get behind the one we've got. Um, I think I don't get anything help. Like you know, this uncertainty doesn't help, and we're crying out for consistency. So I think, look, we, we, we've we got Mark Hudson. He's here to stay. So I think that let's just get behind him. 
All right, fucking hell, happy clapper. I'm trying, trying to be positive. Diff MJ, we've talked about getting fans in and improving the mood and atmosphere, but when you lose 6-8 and eight and have a worse style of football than the first thing you hear after another defeat is Hudson saying, I got the job, guys. It doesn't exactly breed positivity. Nathan Howells, our Bristol Rovers derby game next season. Ben, will we turn up for this one? No. Um, still traumatised <laughs> from the last Still traumatised from the last time we played him and um, Stuart O'Keefe's arm break. Oh, God, yeah. That was, was in like Carabao or something, wasn't it? Prep, was horrible, that. What year was that? Just after the Premier League year or was it the it year was, after? Yeah, Trollope. Yeah, I remember that. I watched it in a bar in New York. Uh, oh. Jonathan Williams. Why on earth did he play Colwell out wide and Ojo in the middle? Mind blown. Do you think Hudson will see out his contract? I don't think so. Uh, Finley Jones. How much is in Conku playing Hudson to play? Um, Ryan March. Just talk about the World Cup instead. It's coming. Um, Tom, where do you think we would have been now if we hadn't sacked Steve in September? Asks Ricky Morgan. Oof, uh, about two places higher than we are now. <laughs> um, I got one for you, Ben. Simon Williams asks, why persist with Harris, who has scored nine times in 90 appearances? Um, because one in ten is probably the best rate of striker we've got at the club at the moment. <laughs> and then the other question is, why persist with Mark Hudson? <laughs> got it. Really try to be positive here. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I'm going to say this. I don't think Hudson's the issue with this. I think yeah. there's fundamental problems at the club that are really causing problems behind the scenes that affect performances. When you're a basket case of a club, performances nosedive. When things that go not working off the field, it transfers to on the pitch. And that's clearly, there's clearly issues there. Uh, Win Howells, Gavin White, what have the managers got against him starting the game? Much more energy than Ojo and Sawyers, and also looks like he cares. Um, uh, Savigma, uh, that Hudson hasn't done too much wrong. He just needs to give up on Nkunku, Waters, Nelson, and then Waters again. When we get back from the World Cup, playing just one of them alone is enough to lose us the game. Yayan94 asks, are we actually going down? Um, Geez World asks, do you think it's ironic when the Cantonen sing your support is fucking shit to the away end? That's a good point. <laughs> um, we've got someone's posted our conversion rate from uh, Transfer Market, uh, ONG CCFC. We've had 269 shots at goal. That's 17 goals from those, Tom. What percentage is that? What was it? Sorry, what were the numbers? 269 shots at goal that yeah. have given us 17 goals. What percentage is that as a, a conversion rate? It's like six or something, is it? 6.3. Lowest in the league behind uh, head of Stoke on 6.5 and West Brom on 6.8. Will Davis, is Tan's plan to recreate the plot of Groundhog Hog Day? And is Bill Murray involved? Bill Murray is involved. I'm star of the show this one. So every fucking week. Simon1927, how good is it that we can't lose competitive game for a month? Well, we can talk about being unbeaten in a month next month. Um, Frisbee, talk about the return of Bagan, please. Ben, would you play Bagan over in Konku? Yes, 100%. Uh, Tom, would you talk? Would you do the same? I said no last week, but I think yeah, I would. Uh, CCFC insider Tom Sang, fullback or midfielder? Tom, midfielder. Ben, midfielder for me. All right. Uh, Welsh Mafia, which player will go on the nicest winter break? Uh, apparently, Romain Soyuz is already in PSG um, or in Paris. Sorry, he was at the PSG game. I, Joe Riles was seen at the airport this morning. Um, I'll come back to this. Um, Nathan LCCFC, 17 goals in 21 games. Lowest scorers in the league. How do we go about scoring more goals? Uh, Tom, I reckon it's put it in the net. I'd have a go. Yeah, I, th I think that might work out. Yeah. God, that's crazy. Not crazy. A lot of goals. It's crazy. 
Um, another one from Terry Hansen. Also in your last podcast, I can't see how ridiculing Tand is any good. This guy made one mistake and put it right. He's put millions in, got two promotions when others couldn't, and is still pumping millions in. He's right. His in he, his right, no one else will, and you hate him for that too. I don't hate him for putting money in. I just wish he made fucking better decisions. Like it's all well and good putting money into a football club, but if you run it like a basket case, then you're going to get criticised. One mistake. I know it's not one mistake. Is he, he's made is, is he honestly mistakes. saying he's made one mistake. But why would I do understand why people avoid kind of like criticism of Tan? I do get. I think he's done a lot of good. But like, I I just I like Ben says. I think there's some decisions that have just been a bit baffling over the last four or five years. And if it carries on, it's going to bite this. I think we've got away with a lot. I think he's put he's put a lot of money in, but look, he's been in this club twelve years now. Yeah, God. Um, he promised us we'd be debt free. We're as much in debt as we've ever been. I know the pandemic's played a situation to that and stuff, but. There's still a lot going wrong on his watch. This isn't like it's just exist. A lot of it is existing stuff from, you know, the Sam Haman case and stuff like that. And it's very and it's a very very complicated thing. But there's still a lot of mismanagement from his end. Like you look at the Salah stuff. You look at how much they've spunked on transfers. You can blame that on managers all you want, but you refuse to get a football person on the board to sort of advise yeah. you on this because you think you know it all. Um, he can plead like I oh, get someone in to do it, but realistically he's not doing a great job at this club if he was doing a great job we wouldn't be in the situation we are now i'm not saying we'd be like we should be an established premier league team or something like that but we shouldn't be constantly fighting these issues we have the club are being run poorly he is the man in charge of the club he owns the club he's the person who ultimately is responsible for it if things go badly it's on him and right now things are going really badly so it's on him so he's not making one mistake he's made a lot of mistakes and i'll, pr- I'll praise him if he sacks Dalman and chew I'll give him some praise if he wants, but he's got to do the things that I want to see. That's how these things I mean, work. Just make changes that seem proactive. Just sort of yeah. don't hide there with your fingers in your ear going, well, you find some well, some rich Welsh bast- bastard to do it then. I'm not listening, la, la, la. It's a child's response. And he if gave... you do want to find a, a rich Welsh bastard to do it, kofi.com forward slash VFT Indian. We're still accepting donations to try and buy the club. Nice. Um, I say three questions for last um, because I thought we could do with a, a bit of levity at the end of that um first question from bluebirds past um i'll come to you first tom which current player do you think could stand on one leg for the longest amount of time oh uh also ben oh uh, yeah ben i'm ben ben <laughs> i actually joined your existential crisis then yeah <laughs> I, thought I was talking to myself <laughs> uh, ben price um I'll go Ryan Wintle because he's always on the pivot. Nice. I'll go Keeper because he's got massive legs. Nice. Easy. <laughs> um, Daniel Morgan, I think we mess- missed this one last week. Uh, right. I'll come to you first, Ben. Would you rather spend two minutes licking Vincent Tan's moustache or spend 90 minutes watching the Jacks pump us 3 0 at home? The, the Jacks are going to pump us 3 0 at home. I can, I can, I'm, I'm used to him with that. I'm not licking Vincent Tan's moustache. All right, Tom. Oh, um, that made you feel a bit sick. A little bit, yeah. I did. <laughs> it's probably off my food. Um, I, yeah, I think I'd rather watch the Jacks. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a bit numb to them beating us now. That's that was my answer, and I I've got my own mustache to lick, so <laughs> I'll just do that. <laughs> God, I feel ill again. 
Uh, and I'm going to give the final word to um, Brittany Lang. Um, she's asked us to give a shout out for the Cardiff City women's game that's taking place on the CCS on the 16th of this month. It's free entry for season ticket holders and there's already a record-breaking attendance for the women's team already. So I would echo that wholeheartedly. I think it's something we could talk about potentially during this uh, World Cup break now and talk because the women's team seems to be having a brilliant season. There seems to be a lot of positivity behind what's going on there. And I think it probably would be a bit of an anthema for us to actually talk about that rather than talking about what, what the men's team is doing. So yeah, if, if you're here on the 16th and you know, you, you want to go watch actually good team playing some good football, then get down to the CCS and watch Carter city women's team, especially if you're a season ticket holder, it's free entry for you. And it'd be great to, to show the women's team that we're getting behind them as well. Yeah. I watched really? some of the highlights on YouTube uh, yesterday and, I guess some screamers being scored, yeah. man. They're playing some really, really nice well, exactly. stuff. You might, you might go see some goals being scored down at the CCS. Um, right, we've kind of touched upon it already, uh, but we should probably talk about the fact that Mark Hudson is kind of officially now the manager, even though the club haven't announced it just yet. Um, then it's, it's you know, the contract's apparently been signed. No one knows how long for, but there's a, a rumour doing the rounds on Twitter that he's been given an 18-month contract, not the end of the season like we first thought. I don't know how true that is, but does that feel too long for you? Do you think we got, we're, we're, we're looking far beyond the end of the season? Should it have just been to the end of the season? I think we can prove um, if the length of football contracts are meaningless, mm. isn't it? Mm. I mean, what, two weeks after he got it's a three-year three year deal? deal. Yeah, Liam Richardson. Sack him. Um, yeah, I think I, my I problem with him was that he spelled his name weird. Is it Liam, but he spells it with an E? It's just Liam, is it? I don't know. I don't know how you say it. I don't know, but yeah. Anyway, back to Hudson. <laughs> um, yeah, the length's not an issue. <laughs> that sounds right. Hey! <laughs> how much you packing, Joe Roden? <laughs> <laughs> length, yeah, don't. I'm still laughing at that. Go on, talk about your length. length for, for once, length isn't an issue for me. Um, look, the contract could be as long as it wants. With the ownership we've got and the way the club's going, 18 months seems to be about the standard the sort of tenure, isn't it? Probably less than that's 12 months, the way it's going. But... um. Yeah, it's just nice to have some certainty and know at least we now know this is what's happening and we can f- just adjust our expectations and sort of know what to expect going forward because the uncertainty must, it's killed me. It must be killing the players. At least they now know this is the manager coming in. If I'm going to be part of his plans, you they sort of know what's coming up. There's no uncertainty sort of having to impress a new manager. They're there to build on what's happened the last few months. Um. You know, taking everything out of it, Tom, obviously we've been close to every game he's done. You know, we've we've talked about it at length on this podcast. Um, But do you think, objectively speaking, he's done enough to get the job on a long-term basis? No, I I, I don't think so. But I don't mind that he's had the job anyway. I like like Ben's, and I think it's such a big for us that I think just having that continuity would be massive. And I think it's not that long a contract. It's the rest of this season and then a full one. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um. He's not He's not going to be on massive wages either. And look, I think if he'd only got to the end of the season, this it's, it's really hard to plan then. You know, it changes how you're going to go into like the January transfer market and stuff. So I think an 18-month contract makes sense. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that it's, you know, that's, that's done and dusted now. We can move on to other things. Uh, concentrate on the football and you know, like I said earlier in the pod let's just get behind him show him as a fan base that we want him to do well um, and I'm sure it'll translate into a bit more success on the pitch I know he's bought in a coach already but I still think he's crying out for so much a bit more experience on that bench 
it's a very young management team around him as well with not a lot of sort of first team management experience. I mm-hmm. think just someone, just, just someone in an advisor role, even just there to help him through the day to day, just just makes such a difference. And I hope the club are looking at something like that. Who would you bring in? I said before that I can't get past Lenny Lawrence. I just love the bloke. Bring him back. Bring Lenny back. <laughs> bring him back. He's only what now? 86, 87? I guess you look at how old he is. He's, he's got to be mid 60s, isn't he? I think he's 70, 74. So younger than Warnock when he was here. So uh, I could, I could, I could, I could bring that. He's a non-executive director at Hartlepool. Um, I could do a little Wikipedia nugget thing here. What's his name listed as on Wikipedia? So he's Lenny Lawrence. What's his actual name? Leonard Lawrence. No, nope. good guess. I'm mean, logical, but no. <laughs> Tom, well, I don't know. Is he called Brian Lenny Lawrence or something? Robin Michael Lawrence. Uh, I don't know why he's well. called Lenny. Maybe um, really likes of mice and men. It's his birthday in a month, so remember that. <laughs> December twelfth, first game back. It's his birthday. Oh, it's my birthday. Oh, okay. It's your birthday with Lenny Lawrence. Oh, class. Um, what a day. Robin Michael Lawrence. Sorry. <laughs> um, ben, do you think uh, the question I've got here is we've kind of stalled on this for so long that we've backed ourselves into a corner, and we pretty much had no point to but to appoint Hudson, did we? Yeah, I think it didn't help that the club weren't looking to appoint anyone but Hudson. It made it a very easy recruitment process, sort of the bargaining, sort of the bar, like all the bargaining was with Hudson. Really, it's you can't really go, oh, we'll go get someone else in because all he's got to say is who, and the club are going, mm, good point, haven't got a clue. So yeah, like you said, we backed ourselves into a corner by not actively looking for someone else just on the off chance it didn't work out during this certain internship with Hudson. Um, like it or not, yeah, probationary period. Like yeah, he was destined for the job, wasn't he? Whether, whether it went well or not. Um, Tom, final question on this. He's got a month now, or, you know, a month till the next game. Obviously, it's not going to be a month off completely. There's going to be training and all that kind of stuff for the players to do, obviously, although some of them are already on a break. What does he need to do in the, over the next month with the players? Teach him how to score goals? Teach him how to play more as a team? What's his focus? Yeah, just shooting practice over and over again. You know, it'd be on good for all. Line or- yeah, also could start making some saves and they can start you know, scoring the odd goal. So, no, I I, I think look, I, I think it's a well, like we said earlier on, it's a welcome time for a break to come. I think there's some gelling for some of these players to do. Um, and, you know, he, it's his chance now to get his coaching style across, you know, because, um, you know, he was thrown in the firing line pretty quick to get, you know, uh, as a first team manager. So, yeah, I, I think just time on grass with each other would be massively beneficial during this period. Time on grass, you suggesting they smoke some weed? I don't know. Anything might help. To be honest, I think a break will it will be good for them. Like like people going on holiday, get us get away from the club for a week or so, and then then come back all, all guns blazing. Well, on that point, it sounds like some of the players couldn't wait around. Sawyer's is in Paris already. Apparently, Isaac Davis has gone to Paris. Joe Rawls was seen at the airport very early this morning. Um, I guess the question is, Ben, if you were a player with a couple of weeks off, where would you go on holiday? Uh, somewhere really hot, which at this time of year is long haul in it. Um, if I was a player, I'd be going to Qatar because I'd be fucking class. So, um, holiday wise, oh, I see. I was like, why would you go to Qatar on holiday? No, you go to the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mykonos, sod it. That's where they all seem to go. What now? Well, I don't know. Do I? I'm not. 
barley. Fuck it. Barley. Yeah, Barley's like, good. You, you, you said any hot weather is going to be long haul. Then you choose Mykonos, which is three hours away. Yeah. I couldn't think. Barley. Barley's long haul. All right, yeah. Bali. Uh, Tom, where would you go? I know you're going to Qatar already. No, I, I'd go to Italy now because I think they need a break from football. They're going to be absolutely fuming they're not in the World Cup anyway, so you can escape the game for a couple of weeks, have some nice food, go to some nice cities. So I reckon Italy. All right. I'd probably go to South Africa. Nice wife. It's nice. Been a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Got family there. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, probably get I, some cheap accommodation, see my family. Um, you know, the pound's pretty weak. Eh? It's very cheap at the moment. As I say, the pound's very weak against everywhere else in the world. So um, it might be ideal, really, to save some money. You can go to America, big, big, it's a pound, dollar to a pound at the moment, isn't it? Big fan of Grand Theft Auto, are you? Because <laughs> that's basically well, what half, like, Cape Town and stuff's like at the moment. Cape Town's very safe, actually. Johannesburg's very bad. Jo- Joburg's nuts. Cape Town's quite safe. I've been croaked down a few times. It's very safe. Walked around at night, 3am, got 10 of us in a Ford Fiesta. Great. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that was a, ca- a cab. Yeah, 250,000 miles on the clock. Brilliant stuff. Um, right. It'd be remiss of us not to talk about the World Cup. Um, you know, we want to end on a relatively positive note going into the World Cup. Um, the action starts, I think, on Friday. Uh, so we're about six days away from the first game and the opening ceremony and all that malarkey. Um Wales, of course, start on the 21st. First game against the USA at 7 o'clock. Then a 10 a.m. kickoff on the Friday, followed by another 7 p.m. kickoff the following Tuesday. Um, what's with the mad kickoff times, Tom? Oh, it's even mad when I'm... Because obviously I'm out there. So, like, the 7 o'clock at home one is so late out there. It's, like, 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah. Like, it's sort of then you've got to fly... And I'm allowed to be in Qatar for longer than 24 hours as well. So, be flying out straight after the game back to Dubai. Good, that, isn't it? Good, this World Cup. Good... Oh, it is a bit what? mad. You're not allowed in Qatar for the like conditions of the visa, isn't it? Yeah, if you like, haven't got like official accommodation and stuff, like you have to be within and out within that 24 hour period of the visa, and then it redoes it again on the app and you apply for the next match. So, like, the way I'm doing it is I fly in the morning of the game, watch fly the game. from Dubai, from Dubai, from Dubai, sorry, yeah, and fly back out on these like shuttles that they've set up for fans. So, like, it's under an hour flight. So, it's going to be just chaos. Like it's going to be an experience. It, I'd rather the the World Cup anywhere else, really. But it, I, I'm really intrigued to see how all this all runs because I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go out and live and say shit show. <laughs> I, I think shit show, yeah, and it's a shit show. I'm quite excited to be part of, but it's it is all a bit. I'm both excited and just like counting the different ways this could go wrong. So, well, like, um, you know. <laughs> I started watching that FIFA documentary today, the one on Netflix, and there's obviously been renewed conversations, like Joe Lysett's thing about David Beckham today. I think it's fucking brilliant. Um, He's called that David Beckham for taking £10 million as a Qatar ambassador when he's kind of perceived as a bit of like a a progressive gay icon football and all that kind of stuff. Um, It does leave a really bad taste in the mouth, doesn't it, Ben? Like the whole, you know, everyone's talked about it, you know, to the nth degree, but it's, it's really hard to escape how tainted this World Cup is. Yeah, it's off it's sod's law that this is the World Cup Wales qualifier, isn't it? Because yeah. it's always going to be our first World Cup in six years put an asterisk against it of just that there's always going to be that sort of ill feeling of just where it is and how it all happened. And I was watching um there's a bloke on YouTube called HITC7s who does some really good like 
sort of documentary sort of fact based stuff about this. And he brought up that near enough every World Cup that's happened has had some level of corruption or issues yeah. with it. But just the scale of it and just his point was that no matter already this World Cup has been a disaster because it was there to sports wash the image of Qatar. And mm-hmm. if anything, it's done the exact opposite. Um, and yeah, it's brought, it's brought for, all of the issues to the fore, hasn't it? Like everyone's yeah. discussing them openly when they obviously wanted to cover it all up. Yeah. And FIFA's response um, is mind blowing to that of just saying, hey, don't worry about it. Just focus on the football for now. Um, it's all just, uh, yeah, um, it's a moral sort of shit show of like people like Tom. I, I've been to like a lot of Wales home games, never on Wales away, but people like Tom that travel all over Europe, all over the world, sort of watching Wales, dealing with all the shit shouldn't have to then deal with the judgmental side of it, of them going to a place like Qatar and have people sort of being a bit judgy. Oh, you're going out there, you're supporting it. Because you're not. I don't think there's any single person around that supports this other than the people that profited from it. But then, and then uh, you know, Tom, not to not to say this is you, but the play devil's advocate, surely by going, you're, you're complicit in, in legitimizing their, not, you know, their hosting of the World Cup. Like, they've done this for a reason. And by going you're complicitly or implicitly supporting it. Tom. Yeah, I to be honest, that is me. Like I, I honestly, like normally if I was going to a World Cup, I'd be bragging about it to everyone. And I've got to a point where I genuinely I'm a little bit embarrassed that I'm going and I'm I'm not telling people in my workplace because I feel like I'm being a little bit judged for it. And and like I do get why people have a problem with people going. Because it's something I'm, I am struggling with. I'm like, I'm obviously really looking forward to it, and then an immense like thing of guilt hits, and like, I don't know. I'm not spending that much time in Qatar, and it sounds like I'm making excuses all the time. But like, and you know, I won't be putting much money into the economy. Like, and I'm certainly not taking money off them, like a lot of other people are doing. <laughs> but like, it it is really tainted. Like, I'm, I it, it's something I'm really really struggling with at the moment in terms of like. I think it, it will really affect my enjoyment when I'm out there. Um, it's just such a shit... Again, it's a shitty thing of, like, how fucking dare some greedy bastards cause this moral dilemma for true football fans? Yeah. Like, these people that clearly don't care about football have put, they've put this there because it fit their own agenda and now we're left to deal with the consequences. It's shit. The backlash from people shouldn't be on people like Tom going out there. It should be on the people getting paid to go out there by the guitarists. That's a different issue, and that is shitty. But it's fucking shit that someone like you, who's been everywhere, gets this cloud and sort of people sort of judging you for going out there because it's not fair. Yeah, I don't blame the people judging. To be fair, like it, mm. like it, it's just you know, like I dreamt of this. Like growing up watching Wales, you know, and I'm like when you're sat in like Parker Scarlet and you're sitting there going, you know, we're never going to get to a World Cup. You know, and you just kind of accept it, and it finally happens, and you can't enjoy it like you want to. It, it, it's an yeah. absolute killer, I must admit. Obviously, there's worse problems in the world than this, but like, I just wish it was something I could really enjoy. It's not going to be like, it's not going to be anything close to what the Euros was like in France. We were robbed of that last time because it was multiple cities and COVID. So, you know, we, we haven't been able to enjoy the last two tournaments as Wales fans now. And I'm sure I'll enjoy when I'm out there, and I'm sure all the other Wales fans will as well. But like, it's just such a pity. And like, ah, like I am absolutely gutted that it's not in like Brazil or Germany or Japan yeah. or the US. And you know what? Loads of countries have their problems, you know, but like it's so bad in Qatar. It doesn't make any sense. 
and like it's going to be a real experience and like it feels like a total like football experiment but like I don't know it, it, it does it's, it has ruined it for me and I'm, I'm gutted that this is our first ever World Cup it does feel like we had in 2016 getting to the Euros was like the pinnacle of the football tournament experience like great country for football you know people could travel with impu- you know without impunity with go everywhere they wanted cheap alcohol relatively cheap alcohol great stadia like great atmosphere there and then since then we've had the euros as you say tom which was multiple cities covid people couldn't travel now it's in Qatar. it's even more restrictive it was all morally wrong i mean if we never qualify for a tournament again we'll have had the pinnacle and dropped down the other two um and it's just it's just a real shitter yeah i think like I don't mind about the alcohol thing because, you know, there's like a third of the world where alcohol's banned or people don't mm. drink it. I don't mind it being a dry tournament completely. That'd be absolutely fine. That's someone else's culture. Like, and, and alcohol's like not as controversial as other things as part of cultures. That, 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 that's fine. Like, charge where you want for alcohol. Just don't you, you know, just the deaths of migrant workers. The, like, the comments are still coming out from really about homosexuality and stuff from people who are really, really high up in FIFA. And it's just, it's just mind boggling. Yeah. Like, I, it's just, it is sickening. And like, oh, I see the guilt sitting again now. I don't <laughs> want to go again. Like, it's just well, it's let's, so, let's, so annoying. There. I think it's important to have these discussions, but I think obviously let's talk about what's going to happen on the pitch. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, that's, let's... you know, that's the one thing we can cling on to as football fans that hopefully won't be, you know, too controversial. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, Ben, you know, what are your thoughts going into this tournament? We've got, I think... Officially, the toughest group on paper. All four teams are in the top twenty. You know, ran sneaking in at twenty. Um, what do you rate our chances of getting out the group as? It all depends on the first game. The first game is, is just massive, isn't it? Basically, win takes all, isn't it? Yeah, you win, you through. Because um, I can only see a nil-nil draw against Iran. I think Iran are going to draw all three games nil-nil. Just the way they set up with Kiros is just so defensive. Um, so yeah, win there four points through. And then just do what everyone sh- is the right thing and not, not be asked about the England game. So I think it'll annoy the journalists more than if we put up <laughs> this fight that we did in sort of 2016. Just completely no sell it as if we don't give a shit. Um, yeah. But if we got out of the group, what a result that would be. I'm very much in Euro 2016 mode with this, though, of I don't really care. I'm going to hear the anthem at the World Cup. And that's the big thing for me. So I'm a similar. It's kind of, I, I remember year 2016, people were like, I just want to hear the anthem. Then past the anthem, it was, I just want to see us score a goal. And then if it, we scored a goal, it was just, maybe I want to see us win a game. And that was kind of the highest point of the expectations. Are you going in with the same thing, Tom? I go through waves a little bit. I think I'd be really disappointed if we don't get out of the group. But like, we're not going to be favourites against the US. Because uh, they're, they're a better team than us. Like, they've got, they, they've been, their form has been patchy because they're a young team. But like in a one-off game like that, they should be beating us. And I think that'll work in our favour. Um, but yeah, I'm very much I, I know I'm gonna be in absolute floods of tears, I reckon, when the anthem plays. So I'll probably miss it. If we score a goal in the first 20 minutes, I won't see it. But like, um no, I I just love to see us take the lead in a game. Like just to properly celebrate something. And by God, if we get any sort of result against England, I am gonna be unbearable when I get home. Because like if imagine if we knock them out. Like oh, that would be that's what dreams are made of. Like I, I was gutted when we drew them in our group, but to be honest, the pressure's off. Like yeah. there's so much like like like, they, like there's so much attention there again already. People moaning like oh god, we had a little bit of a moan about like people not happy that Ollie Cooper and whatever was in the squad. When they announced their team, Twitter, God, what a place to be then. 
Like I love it. They're in meltdown already. So I, I, I'm honestly, I, I, if we get anything against them, I, 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 I think I cry for weeks. Do you think we can get anything against them, Ben? Yeah, I, I think defensively they really don't look that impressive. I think they're leaving their best defender in Italy. Um, yeah, it's it's attacking wise. I think you look at that. It's outstanding. I'm a lot more. I'm I'm very disappointed. Madison made it and then wasn't actually seriously injured to miss the World Cup because I think he's a quality player in the form of his life. So I really don't like the idea of him of going up against him. But yeah, I think I think the thing with our group is much like the championship. I think anyone in that any of those four teams could beat any of those four teams. And I think it's going to be a really, really close group. I I think it's horrible, but like we kind of should be going into it hoping England beat USA and Iran. Because, you know, I don't care about topping the group. Let's, get, let's just get through. You know, I'd, I'd love to see us get out of the group stage. Um, that'd be huge for our game. And I think we've kind of got to take the petty rivalry out of it. I say that now. Mm-hmm. And I'd agree as petty as anyone when it comes up to the, the England game. But I, I, I just honestly, if we got out of the group, it would be just unbelievable for the country. Well, in our household, um, Dora's already said that we're not allowed to watch the Wales-England game together because if Wales win, I'll be unbearable. And if England lose, I too will be unbearable. So, um, oh, if England win, sorry, I'll be unbearable. So um, I'm I'm watching it um, away from Dora so we, we don't get into any arguments. Um, Sounds like a healthy relationship. <laughs> <laughs> only on football days. Um Tom, you kind of touched upon it already with Ollie Cooper and and all that kind of. Obviously, there was, you know, a, a bit of a tribal focus on the squad because Harrison Colwell got in, Cooper necessarily didn't, even though Swansea had other players in the squad. It was almost like they didn't matter. Um, Harrison Colwell, are they going to make up the numbers? Do you expect them to get much time on the pitch, Tom? No, not really. But but what I would say is they've had game time for Wales in the past, and they do add something different. I think you know Mark Harris's energy could be key in certain games. And there might be a game where we need a, like a flash of brilliance, and Colwell can do that. So mm-hmm. you can see what their roles are. You know, Page has been loyal to the players who've been in squads. The only shock probably is Lockyer, but that one makes sense. You know, you're not going to take a gamble on someone like Cooper now for a, a major tournament like this. You know, you, you want your tried and tested players, and you know, like Mark Harris has changed games when he's come on with his energy. Yeah. And I, I, I think, yeah, that. Like long-winded, yeah, they've got a purpose in this squad. You can see why they're there, and depending on how the games are going, will depend on how many minutes they'll get. But I can't imagine it being a huge amount, no. Ben, as as the president of Mark Harris's fan club, how many goals does he get in this World Cup? Um, he's well, he's going to win the Golden Boot. Um, yeah, player of the tournament, player of the tournament, everything. He's going to just set the world light. Everyone else is going to see what I see, and Mark Harris will rightfully win the first of his many, many Ballon d'Ors. Good. Um, the final question, Ben, is does it feel weird that it's in the run-up to Christmas and we're going to a World Cup? Yeah, but my birthday is December the 18th, so seeing Gareth Bale lift the World Cup on my birthday is going to be amazing. So that's the one thing I'm taking from it. Why is this podcast populated by people with December birthdays? Are you two about like, a week apart? Yeah, six days. Yeah, six, six days. Unbelievable. Got a problem with that or what? Uh, no, just yeah, a little bit actually. Um, I wonder what's happening in when would that have been? Nine months back. So what was happening in March? I think my parents got excited during the Six Nations or Five All Nations right. back oh. then. But the looks of it, Ben, because my my, sis, my my sister's that time of year as well. <laughs> <laughs> ben, 
I, I, I don't want to go into it because it was a, I found out many years later, it was a very complicated thing for many years. So, <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> we'll leave that there then. <laughs> it sounds like a story we could really go into. Um, and that's it for this week's episode of View from the Ninian. Um, I guess we'll be back at some point over the next month or so. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll just do it purely on vibes and vibes only. Um, Twitter.com forward slash VFTNinian if you want to get involved with our nonsense. Uh, KOFI.com forward slash VFTNinian. We don't get money for this. If you want to give us money for this, that's the website to do it on. We might be able to buy the club with a few more donations. I don't really know. Um, It's been a hard season so far, but we've had fun, haven't we, lads? Yes, plenty. Yeah. It's genuinely be the highlight of like, and that's not saying much the way a season's gone, but talking to you boys every week about it has sort of been fair. It's cathartic, isn't it? It is, yeah. It ruins my weekend, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I, the fact we do it on like a, <laughs> a, a Sunday just before we go back to work really <laughs> yeah. makes the scary set in a little bit harder. Um, thanks to everybody who's listened so far this season. It generally has been our best year for, for listeners and all that stuff so far. We, we, we're getting more interaction from you guys than ever before, so long may that continue. Um, thanks once again for joining us and we'll see you at some point during the World Cup. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the Ninian With views from the Ninian Not shoes from the Ninian The view from the Ninian